Hey everybody, I'm Mike McDonald. My buddy Jesse Stratton loves some of the cheesiest movies ever made. He spent years telling me about them all, so now I'm finally watching these movies for the very first time. This is our podcast where we break those movies down together. This is the Celluloid Dumpster Fire. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we are discussing the 1995 American teen comedy National Lampoon's Senior Trip. Because apparently in 1995, National Lampoon decided to make an 80s teen movie and this was the result. I don't know, man. I'm gonna, this is gonna be me out on a, a limb. Start off, this is a terrible movie, okay? I'm not, I'm not gonna defend yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not, not gonna, gonna argue with you on that one. All right. But this movie has been in my life. It's like, it's, it's one of those movies where it's like every scene is perfectly etched into my brain. And uh, I know every line of dialogue, like front right. to back, uh, with inflection, like how they say it and everything, the delivery. It is, <laughs> yeah, I know it's sad. It is the last great National Lampoon movie. This is a teen comedy movie about teen comedy movies. Yeah. You know, they kind of took all of the tropes and all of the stereotypes and just mashed them into one big sticky gooey ball. Yeah. Like there's a couple of reasons why I really like this sticks out for me and uh, we'll get into those. But like it, it is one of those movies where like the studio came in. And, like, they use the test market shit and stuff. All right, because, like, they wanted to be, like, the new Animal House, right? Right. All right, so they did that. They made the movie. And then they had the thing where, all right, we're get, is this going to be R? Is it going to have, like, sex scenes in it? Or is it going to be PG-13? All right. So uh, they cut it to be PG-13. They cut a lot of the sex stuff out. And yeah. then, but they kept, because they got cheeks, or they got Chong in it. Uh, Tommy Chong's one of the uh, guest yes. stars or whatever. This because they had him in it, they went heavy on the drug route, and they went so hard on the drug route that it you couldn't make this like a PG thirteen movie. You yeah, know? they got it. They got an R rating without showing a single boob. Yeah, so it's like it's one of those things that are like, are you gonna make it mass market approved? You know, like where you know you can put it on cable and shit. You know, on the weekends. Yeah, or are you gonna go step on the gas, go full throttle, and make it like Porky's or you know fucking Animal House? I mean, right. you're already you know you already got this shit in the script. Just go ahead and film it. They didn't, you know, or they cut all the right. good shit out and then we get this movie. Yeah, they just went hard in the wrong direction. Otherwise, it would have been a much better movie. Yeah, um, I don't have budget figures for this, but it did gross. 4.6 million worldwide at the box office, which I'm I'm thinking is probably really close to uh, what they spent on it. Yeah, they they came in flat, but what really where this was was uh, uh, the home video market. Yeah, you can't take a bong into a theater, so but right, you get it out in the public, and yeah, no, everybody's eating this up, <laughs> or you're like me. <laughs> And you just rent the movie and then like, you know, you have like six VCRs, so you just copy it and you make all your <laughs> friends a copy. There you go. And yeah. then you have a profitable small business. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> people asking questions. But anyway, uh, uh, Mr. 
Uh, the movie did get an R rating. It's an hour and 31 minutes long. The critics absolutely hated this movie. It has a 0% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience was a little more forgiving. It has a 55% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Now, uh, we've seen some. We've done some on this podcast that have a 0% critic score and an audience score in the 80s or 90s. But this one is pretty mediocre on the audience score. So I'm, I'm And having watched it a couple of times now, I got to say, you either love this movie or you absolutely hate this movie. That's, yeah, this is one of those. It, it, it totally is, because like, all right, I'm going to go down the list of why I love this, all right? Okay, cool. why are we all watching right. this movie, Jesse? All right, so uh, the guy who uh, wrote and directed it, uh, he was uh, one of the friends of the kids in the hall. He worked on their right. TV show. So I like the writing. I, I kind of like the uh, the visual comedy approach. Like the jokes all on the screen, they're not going to hold your hand. You just got to kind of pay attention. So I like kind of the humor. And it's got Norm MacDonald and like a bunch of people in it. I've gone on to be like bigger and better and things, or they're like super 90 celebs, you know? Right. Uh, so I like all the people that star in it. I like the performances, even like the shitty performances of like the no name background actors. Um, the There's some no name primary supporting actors in this too. Yeah. I love the soundtrack. The and soundtrack it is, is like, awesome. It is like a, a time capsule to a moment in my life that because of this movie is perfectly etched right yeah and uh yeah it is it's kind of like uh the unofficial kids in the hall movie you know it the, is it is kind of like that it's also kind of like national lampoon tried to make a road trip version of the breakfast club yeah it's exactly kind of like that there is another movie that I, it reminds me uh strongly of which is weird because there's parallels in this movie but uh Jason takes Manhattan for some yep. reason because all right, it's a Canadian movie filmed to make it look like America. Right. And then uh, it's got a bunch of Canadian actors like standout legends. And then like they're trying to get to New York and, and Jason goes to, you know, Manhattan. And in this one, they're trying to go to Washington. And right. uh, it, 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 I just, I don't know. It's like a bunch of chaotic kids with like a fucking principal that's way over his head. Way over his head. Way over his head. But, you know, like I said, the critics absolutely hated this. Daniel Kimmel of Variety said there was a time when having the National Lampoon name on a movie meant something. Back in the days of Animal House and Vacation. Now, it means something else. Yeah. And, you know, I know where he's coming from. But when he said that, there probably wasn't like the crap that came out in the 2000s and the 2010s yet. Right. Because those are like the shit that went like straight to like streaming yeah. that is completely horrendous. Like I, I find no redeeming qualities in those movies and this right. one, at least, you know, but yeah, if it wasn't a, a vacation movie after this movie, those suck. Like all the national lampoons movies suck. Right. But I mean, Van right. Wilder came out, but even then it was too similar to those other movies. I really didn't like it. Yeah. Movie was directed by Kelly Malkin. Most of Kelly Malkin's director credits come from TV. Best known for Less Than Kind, Flashpoint, Queer as Folk, Kids in the Hall, 
and and won awards for less than kind and uh vikings oh he did vikings did one episode of vikings and won an award for it oh yeah i know he did after this movie he did the kids in the hall movie brain candy right and he used a lot and there's of a lot of folks from that from kids in the hall in this yeah it's a national lampoon kids in the hall crossover event pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like if uh if kids in the hall made a national lampoon because like yeah this every scene in this movie feels like a setup to a skit in a kids in the hall show it has that weird 90s feel to it yeah this was written by roger cumble and marlene king who were both known for pretty little liars roger cumble also known for cruel intentions both are which pretty good i like yeah, i like them. in very fucked up ways yeah and there are so many assistant directors on this movie. I could not believe this. Yeah. Uh, there were two film units, and each film unit had its own director, and each director had three assistant directors. That's usually when those, that's like one of the red flags that there was yeah, a absolutely. lot of video, video warfare but going on. Was made. Among these assistant directors were Andrew Shea known for Flatliners, Penny Charter, known for X-Men and Pacific Rim, nice. and Charles Brave, who did Detroit Rock City and The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane. I love Detroit Rock City. That's another fucking, I don't know, lazy stoner Sunday movies like this one. It's just, yeah, it's just chock full of jokes and like there's not really any like hard tones to it at all. It's just popcorn, you know? But uh, right. it's great shit. Movie stars Jeremy Renner as Mark Dags D'Agostino. This is his film debut. Debut plays Hawkeye in various Marvel films. Also appears start or also appears in Hurt Locker. Twenty eight weeks later, The Bourne Legacy, and currently plays the lead in the HBO series The Mayor of Kingston. Kingston. Oh man, no! Just he also did that Dahmer movie. Yes, he was in Dahmer. Uh, just he's done a lot of great shit, man. And uh, has some of the most quotable dialogue in this movie. Right. I mean, uh, I'll say every line is quotable, but uh, <laughs> he 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 comes up with some golden nuggets. Now he typically does a lot of very physical roles, and so he's got to be in really good shape. And according to doctors. That's how he survived being run over by a snowplow earlier this year. Yeah. In fact, uh, because of all that, there's this one scene in this movie. He he says a line and I, I, I'm i not going to say, you know, I, I kind of missed, you know, I lost my shit when he said it. Knowing what happened. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this I mean, there's 18 him. years between yeah, 20, 25 years between that line and this movie, 28 years between that line and this movie. Between that line and getting run over by a snowplow, I mean. Yeah. I, I'll get it right in a minute. I can do this. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Moore as Reggie Berry. He has made a career of short films and TV appearances. He's been on Frasier, Gilmore Girls, Clueless, Family Matters, and Caroline in the City. Yeah, I've seen him in uh, some... Uh, every time he's on something, he, he stands out. And he's really good. Yeah. He's got chops in this movie. He's literally playing like if Beavis and Butthead had like a cousin yes. 
and it's perfect because he he kind of blends in and and his work is like the way he delivers his lines, you know. Yep. But uh, if you take this and a clip of him and something else, this you will never recognize the guy. Right. I mean, this is complete. Like uh, I don't know, he made this his own. He made this character his own, and then after this movie, he, that person disappeared. And one third of the star power for this movie, Kevin McDonald is Travis Barry. Oh man! Oh, Kevin dude. McDonald, of course, Kids in the Hall, Lilo and Stitch, Galaxy Quest, and he was in Moonbeam City, that weird uh, Miami Vice slash Archer cartoon starring Rob Lowe. Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, that was bizarre. Well, well, I was working the night shift. You know, I was working like twelve hour nights and stuff when that was on. So I'd, yeah. I'd come home like four o'clock in the morning with a beer and. Watch the DVR and yeah, it, it's it's a show, <laughs> but uh, man, yeah, no, it, comedic genius. Like every time this guy performs, it's great. Yeah, just voice acting legend. He's been in so yeah. much shit. We yeah, we'd be here all day. His amplifiers only turn down to twelve, so <laughs> all of his performances are over the top. Yeah. Michael Blake as Herbert Jones. He was in Degrassi High before making this movie. He also appeared in Earth Final Conflict. I loved that show. That's a great show. And has appeared in several recent film adaptations of Shakespeare plays. Yeah, that guy is great. Totally, you can tell he's like classically trained. Yeah. Like he's totally like a, a stage guy that just kind of does movies every once in a while. But yeah, he's great in this movie. Tara Strong as Carla Morgan. She is an award-winning voice actor, including five Behind the Voice Actor Voice Actress of the Year awards for 2012, 2013, 2014, 2017, and 2018. Yeah, no, she is the heavyweight champion. I mean, if you watch cartoons from any time, like the late 80s to present day, you've heard her voice, especially... Uh, My Little Pony, and like a, a ton of Nickelodeon shit. Yes. And if you are a female millennial or the parent of one of those, you know that she's the voice of Bubbles in the Powerpuff Girls. Oh, yeah. No. Love Bubbles. She also was in Batman the Killing Joke, where she was Barbara Gordon. In the Batman Arkham City video game, she was the voice of Harley Quinn. She is Princess Twilight Sparkle in My Little Pony the Movie. She was in Samurai Jack, which got her a 2018 uh, Behind the Voice Actor Award for Best Ensemble and Best Female Lead. And she was in Fairly Odd Parents. She never really broke through like acting. And I don't see why she, she's fucking gorgeous. And uh, yeah, just appearing in shit like this. I mean, yeah, but she found a thing, man, and she owns that thing. Oh, yeah, no, she is like the Michael Jordan of uh, voice acting. Not just like uh, women voice acting, but like voice acting in general. She's yeah. the one that everybody's judged by. She might not have been the first, you know, she you know, she didn't invent it, but she does know what she's doing. Oh, yeah. Nicole DeBoer as Meg Smith, best known as Esri Dax from Deep Space Nine. Oh, my God. Oh, man. All right. So, like, I grew up a sci-fi channel kid. Yep. 
and this lady has been like in my yeah no like just any if it was filmed in Canada and appeared on the Sci-Fi Channel, which that's a huge list. This she lady was in the very first ever Sci-Fi original movie, Cube. Yeah, I know. Oh man, I know that. One. I have that like on VHS somewhere. That commercial for that one where the guy gets chopped up into cubes. Yeah. That was the best thing ever. She was also in Stargate Atlantis and Prom Night 4 Deliver Us from Evil. Oh, man. She's so much shit. Love her work. Big fan. Seen her in like almost everything she's done. Yep. Valerie Mahaffey is Miss Tracy Milford. She is the primetime Emmy winner for her role in Northern Exposure, another show I love. She was also in Dead to Me, Young Sheldon, The, Min- the Mindy Project, and Desperate Housewives. Another great supporting actor. Uh, yeah. Great. I think she is. Love, she uh, plays the funniest drunk lady. Yes. The way she talks in this movie, she's drunk. I, I get a chuckle out of her every time, man. <laughs> Matt Frewer as Principal Todd Moss, best known as Max Headroom. Max Headroom. Love it. Love this guy. Fucking Trash Can Man rules. Trash Can Man from The Stand. I lied for you! I lied for you! <laughs> He's also in The Watchmen. Uh, not The Watchmen, just Watchmen. Dawn of the Dead, Pixels, Fear the Walking Dead, The Magicians, and he played Lloyd Christmas in the Dumb and Dumber TV series. Oh, dude, never watch that. Never, ever. Even on a dare. Drink some cough syrup or something. Don't go in there like blind, you know. Uh, It's terrible. He was also in, uh, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yes, he was. He played the Neighbor Dad, classic. But yeah, Max had to run all the way. I fucking love that show. Yep. And the best for last, the man who needs no introduction, Tommy Chong as Red. And this was Tommy Chong just playing Tommy Chong. Yeah, no. He's the king. (laughs) (laughs) The drug king. Red. We'll get to that part. Yeah, Red Rolls. Movie opens with the page from the Fairmount High School yearbook with a quote, Upon the education of its people, the fate of this country depends. The page gets torn out, and we get to see a scribbled-up yearbook with pictures of students, which cuts to a shot of the front of the Fairmount High School, which looks kind of like a castle. Yeah, no, I love that. Uh, I don't know what high school they've got or wherever they filmed this at, but it's great, especially for what they're doing with it, like that whole, they, you know, show you the chaos of all these kids going to school, and then, like, it'll go to the one of the main characters, all that person for a little bit, trade off, you know, and you kind of get to meet not only like everybody in the school, even like the faceless, like background cast, but you get a great introduction to your main characters yep. with like little, little to no effort. Herbert Jones is sitting on the hood of a car reading a book. Now, Herbert's going to be reading a book a lot, and I kind of paid attention to him because it's worth it. In this first shot, he's reading poems for a rainy day. And looking annoyed by giggling cheer- cheerleaders nearby. Yeah. See, that this is like the last lampoon where like little in-jokes like that were actually kind of clever. Yeah. And after this, they went for like, you know, just bottom of the barrel, you know, 
cheap pun, you know, and it loses, you know, it's kind of sophistication. It loses its national lampooniness, you know. Right. But yeah, I like like the little in jokes with like Herbert and other characters. Uh, students are all filing into school. I see Carla walk by looking a little trampy and Meg checking her out. Miyoski is carrying the biggest bag of cheese puffs ever, and I want to know where to get one. All right, yeah. Eric it looks like Marty a pillowcase full of cheese puffs. <laughs> that guy was famous for just playing himself in the 90s in this era. Yeah. It seems like he just comes on the set with one of those every movie he's in. <laughs> and from like yeah, 92 to like 96, this guy was in everything. He, he was like a fat Polish chill or he would just come out, yeah, exactly. be disgusting, and then disappear. Yep. Well, Principal Moss comes out and checks his watch and orders everyone inside. This is where the primary characters are introduced by having the principal call each of them by name. Uh, yeah. After everybody's inside, an old Postal Service mail truck painted army green comes speeding and swerving down the street and crashes into the flagpole. I love that. It, it It's cut. It's edited perfectly with like the music dying out and shit. Yeah. And just... Bam. And it's like, okay, there's the start of like your conflict right there. Right. The doors slide open to reveal a dense cloud of pot smoke. Dags and Reggie get out to check out the damage. They are looking for damage on the Jeep and they think they see a scratch when the flagpole falls and busts the window in Principal Moss's Buick. Uh, what? I, I don't see nothing. Yeah, man, right there. Like, and he starts rubbing it and he just inside the school reggie is explaining that acid doesn't cause brain damage in only a way that a burnout can explain it (laughs) his delivery (laughs) is genius man it's delivered in a way that you are absolutely certain this guy has been stoned for years and is most definitely suffering from brain yeah exactly he, 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 he completely makes his argument null and void as he's defending it. And then forgets what he was saying halfway through the explanation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he keeps on walking down the hall and the other guy's about <laughs> to go in the classroom. He's just like, uh, what, what was I saying? And he's like, hey, did everybody die? <laughs> yeah, they walk into an empty classroom and they're confused by it back in the hallway. They are accosted by Principal Moss, who tells them that they are supposed to be at the assembly. Reggie tells him that a guy trashed Principal Moss's Buick and got away. He was wearing a Billy Joel t-shirt. I love (laughs) that. If you're going to blame something on somebody, blame it on somebody, because no one's going to be wearing that, so they'll never find that person. (laughs) It's literally a perfect crime. Perfect. Principal Moss sends them to the auditorium, and then he he starts walking down the hallway very slowly, building up to a mad dash to to find out, to go check on his car. And it kind of reminds me, remember that Jerry Lewis scene in The Bellboy where he's walking across that huge ballroom? Yeah. And and he, like, changes the way he's walking, like, five or six different times in the way he, before he gets across this one room. And it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, there's some low-key, like, really cool performance shit out here. 
It yeah. does. It's like he's like, oh, well, well, I gotta hurry up because like it's gonna take all day if we film in like this. So he's like, just dun, dun, dun. yeah. <laughs> also, his performance is like the most insane, psychotic, like anxiety freak. Like this guy, like makes his coffee with Red Bull. Like kind of like yes. that's his. Part. He's like he's a he's a man driven to almost the brink. Yes. In the auditorium, the student body president, Steve Nisser, is introducing an anti-drugs and alcohol band called High on Life when Dags and Reggie entered the auditorium by way of the stage, causing a disruption and getting lots of cheers. They leave the stage and take a seat next to Lisa. The band starts playing Put a Little Love in Your Heart as the students jeer. Nobody is is in on this except for Steve. He's he's enjoying the performance. Everybody else uh, absolutely hates it. Reggie and Dags decide to do some Van Damage. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the line. Like, I know he was doing a good deed and stuff when he got hit by that snowmobile. But I I just think a German runner on a snowmobile is like, let's do some Van Damage. (laughs) they enter the sound booth where it is revealed that the band is actually lip syncing to a cassette recording barry virus kemmer is the av club guy and he doesn't have many friends because he is extremely excited to see these guys and go along with whatever they want to do yeah this guy has played a professional nerd and everything Oh, I can see that. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, he's basically that guy that knows how to do stuff, just needs motivation. And the these Beavis and Butthead knockoffs are going to motivate him to do a bunch of stuff in this movie. Right. Well, they swap out the tape with B-Boy Hard by Funk Junkies, a white boy rap band, rap group from the 90s, and completely disrupt the assembly. Everybody jumps up and starts dancing when this comes on. Miyoski dances into the typing teacher, Mr. Bloom, knocking him over. <laughs> that guy is like, I don't know, a geriatric version of Ben Stein from Paris Bueller. Right. Yeah, exactly. Meg and Wanda are holding up their cigarette lighters and headbanging. The lead singer of High on Life starts to panic, and Steve walks out on stage and takes her by the shoulders and tells her to calm down. She says, no, she's not going to calm down. She turns around and runs off, causing Steve to rip her dress off of her, which, of course, gets cheers. And as she's running off stage, Miyoski is coming on stage, dirty dancing, scary close to her. (laughs) Yeah. And and this is is Miyoski's thing, is be the creepy fat guy. Every time there's a need for a creepy fat guy, he's there and he's hitting a home run. Oh, yeah. He's batting a thousand, man. And Principal Moss enters and demands to know what's going on. And Reggie informs him that this is all just part of the assembly. <laughs> Excellent assembly, Principal Moss. <laughs> In typing class, Mr. Bloom is slowly calling out letters, followed by a space. Case. 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 Students are sort of paying attention. One guy is trying to figure out how to use the computer because apparently it's broken. He actually <laughs> rips the keyboard apart at one point. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> Neither. I don't know what Herbert is typing, but he's typing a lot of it. 
Well, he he sucks because he's like one of those hunting. Packs. You know that's weird. I oh, know. Wait, that's uh, Herbert. I know he's. I know what he's firing. I, I just thought about the nerd because the nerds like you would think a nerd would like use uh the keys. You know. Yeah. But he's hunting back, and the rest of them like pretty much know how to type. Yeah, and they're typing a lot faster than Mister Bloom is reading off letters. But Virus, you know, yeah, he's he's just typing along diligently with the lesson. Dags decides that this is a good time to plan a senior party, and he approaches Lisa and asks her if she wants to cut class and go to a party. Dags likes Lisa a lot, but it seems like Lisa isn't interested. During the class, Mr. Bloom has a heart attack, and Virus is there typing out all of Mr. Bloom's moans and groans as he dies at his death. <laughs> Just morbid as fuck. Ma. <laughs> it is morbid, but you know. The bell rings and the students all file out. One of them yells, see you tomorrow, Mr. Bloom. Leaving yeah. Mr. Bloom dead at his desk. Cut to a little girl standing by a busy street and cars are just zipping by. Travis Lindsay, the crossing guard, tells her to go. But she hesitates. And he said, go. Just go. I'm a professional. Go. The cars will stop. Yeah. He's not getting up to stop traffic. He's sitting in a lawn chair holding a stop sign. Yeah. Well, she yells for her mom and runs off, and the girl screams, and you hear brakes squeal, followed by a crash, and Travis laments that they never listen to him. They never listen. Never listen. About that time, Dags and Reggie pull up in their army green mail truck and they ask Travis directions to an address and Travis just stares at him. Reg says, what kind of crossing guard are you? Don't you even know the neighborhood? Which causes Travis to get up and chase after them as they drive down the street. He's got his sign. He's yelling, stop. Nobody's stopping. A guy on a bicycle almost stops, but then he falls off the bike picks up the bike, and runs past Travis with it. That was uh, Miwoski. That was Miwoski, yeah. It was fucking, everybody's in a line just to go to this party, and uh, for some reason they won't let him on a car, so yeah, he's got like a kid bike, and he just says, fuck it, he outruns him, <laughs> which is, for Miwoski, yeah, no, that's impressive. That was, that was a new, yeah, that's an achievement. That was like a stunt almost, that scene. Almost, yeah. Back at Principal Moss's office, Mrs. Winston enters with her walker. Uh, once she's in the door, she f- says she forgot why she knocked and starts to leave. But then Moss stops her. Apparently, she has brought in the cut slips from the classes. And apparently, this is a senior skip day. But Principal Moss is certain that they can't outsmart him in his own domain. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we find out that the party that everyone is going to is in Principal Moss's house. (laughs) (laughs) Reggie stops the guy who broke the the keyboard. And I don't think this guy has a name. No, he's just one of the unnamed people that were, they just, they popped on the screen. So they got, you know, probably some lines thrown their way. These background characters are really well, like, cast for someone that has, like, zero to right. do with really anything in the movie. Yeah. Well, Reggie's got a mission for him. He says, oh, you want me to torch Principal Moss's house? Says, no. No, we need more beer. Beer run. Okay, yeah. Then we torch the house, right? 
<laughs> so they are going to make a beer run. Meanwhile, Carla asked Dags if he thought it would be cool if they screwed in the principal's bedroom. Lisa arrives. Good girl honor student Lisa arrives at this illicit party at the principal's house. Dags is kind of surprised that she shows up. Meanwhile, back at the school, Steve gives Principal Moss a flyer for the senior party. He reads it off and he reads the address and it doesn't dawn on him until Mrs. Winston reminds him, that's your address. Oh, man. All right. I just want to stop right here. That yep. old lady, Mrs. Winston. I love her. One of the best, best old ladies in the biz. Like just her fucking sincereness and like her ability to still a scene and slow it down. Yep. And in a fast movie where like everything's fast and a lot of jokes are happening like in the background and shit, she really does her job well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's because she's a joke all to herself and she delivers that joke like nobody else. Oh, yeah, no. At the party, Wanda offers to get Lisa high, but Lisa declines. Dags brings Lisa a beer, and she's worried that they are going to get in trouble for being in the principal's house. Dags tells her not to worry. The party's going to end at three, and they'll clean everything up, and Principal Moss will never know. Cut to Miyoski eating the fish out of Principal Moss's aquarium. Yeah. Yeah, there might be there might be some indication that something was up. Elisa well, decides she's leaving before she gets in trouble. She gets to the front door just as Principal Moss walks in, and they all yell surprise and wish him a happy birthday. Oh man, yeah, like <laughs> one of them's like looking at his stupid records that he's got, and he like hands him like some shitty ass record, and like. <laughs> There's like a fishtail hanging out of the fat kid's mouth. Yeah. Dags hands him a beer and shit. Like they're all surprise. Back at school, it is Saturday and they are all in detention. Principal Moss asks them if they understand why they're there, whose fault it is that they're there. And and Dags tells them the school system is to blame. I said the school system is to blame for the mess in my house. It's the government, man. Yeah, the students are all upset because they're not being treated like adults. So Principal Moss instructs them to write a 500-word letter to the President of the United States about how to save the education system. And he leaves Mr. Diplo in charge. Mr. Diplo says he knows exactly how to handle these guys. And when Moss leaves, we see Virus setting up the film projector. They are going to watch a black and white informational film about teen pregnancy while Lisa actually writes the letter to the president. That fucking detention teacher. <laughs> yeah. Man, the talk about, like, that's another thing. Just perfect casting for these back. He looks perfect like a fucking casting. freak. He's got that weird lazy eye. Yeah. There's that part in the. He's got uh, Larry Fine's hairline. Oh, God, yeah. I was, I'm glad you, because, yeah, he looks straight up like two of the three stooges put together. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, just super creepy guy. And then, yeah, no, he's, he, all right, I'm going to leave you in charge of all these uh, teenagers. And he immediately goes and does the creepiest thing, and he puts on a teen pregnancy thing, which. And the thing is, he's making just as much fun of the movie as the kids are. Oh, no, yeah, there's that one part where the 
the lady uh, screams and she realizes when she's pregnant and he does like this weird face and like has a creepy laugh, like <laughs> monthly. Like that whole yeah. scene is. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> In Washington, D.C., Republican Senator Lerman gets a call from President Davis. He got a letter from the students of Fairmount High, and it's the best thing he's ever read. And since that's in Senator Lerman's district, he wants to invite the students to Washington. Lerman's on it. He's he's going to take care of it. And once he hangs up the phone and calls the president a dumbass, we realize that Senator Lerman has a dastardly plan. He stops just short of twirling his handlebar mustache. Oh, yeah. No, this guy... Uh, another good typecasting. He's always like a greasy ass, like either politician or business tycoon. Yeah, or like uh, some kind of like a cold-hearted rich father. I've seen. I think I've seen him like on a like a Law and Order and shit. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, nice, no, perfect. Meanwhile, Principal Moss is picking up Miss Milford, who is replacing the late Mister Bloom. When he gets to the school, there are police everywhere and Miss Winston on her walker, and he almost runs over her. Why he parks on the sidewalk is beyond me. Ms. Win- Mrs. Winston tells Principal Moss that Senator Lerman is visiting Dags and his friends, which causes Moss to kind of panic. And he runs into the school to figure out what's going on. It turns out that the senator is holding a press conference in a classroom. <laughs> They've got the kids all lined up there. Uh, Lisa looks quite proper. Yeah. Meg, not much worse than Lisa. <laughs> Virus is taking pictures of the press photographers. Wanda is playing with the hair that's hanging over her eyes. I don't think we've seen Wanda's face yet. We will by the end, though. Dags is wrapped up in the American flag, and Reggie has a cigarette up his nose. <laughs> and Mioski is eating the chalk. Yeah, like a whole box of chalk while he's uh, staring at <laughs> the hot chick. That, yeah, that lineup is like, uh, you got prim and proper, you got dorky, then you, you got this uh, hot chick. Well, I said that Meg didn't look much worse than Lisa, but she did have a cigarette. Yeah, she was smoking a cigarette. Yeah, and it just goes from, it just goes down the line. Yeah. A reporter asks if this is a bipartisan effort between the senator and the president, but the senator is quick to say this is all the president's idea. He had nothing to do with it. He is just an errand boy. He had to bite his tongue. He almost went, oh, hell no. <laughs> like, But yeah, no, he's like, no. Nah. Uh, my hands are tied. I just came in here on behalf of this. I'm just an errand boy. But yeah, no, he, he wanted to say, oh, hell no. <laughs> see these nimrods behind beside me <laughs> this is a future of the country what do you, you are you on dope like you know you just you, you're such you see a, these dumb at, the i mean dear students yeah he just wanted to get the <laughs> fuck out of that high school he, he already knew the president fucked up he already oh, knew yeah. he had ammunition he was gonna take him out with he just he had to go you know and get ball ro- rolling you know i mean at this point yeah once he saw what these kids were like it's like watching the kid who's about to stick a penny in the light socket and you just stand back and let him because how else is he going to learn? Oh, yeah. I yeah, know. I, I could just see this guy's <laughs> his eyes like lined up like a damn uh, 
one arm bandit and it's like jackpot you know it's like i got oh, him yeah. now also i love when he's leaving the little yep. lady cussing out the uh the uh cops on the motorcycle it's like his uh, <laughs> like they're not just regular cops these guys doing like escort shit she's like hey you kids slow down what do you, you get to class <laughs> she's like well, chasing the fucking walkers as they leave the classroom Principal Moss asked the senator, let, you, let me get you some other kids instead of those. And the senator says, no, 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 no. The president wants those specifically. You got two days to get them in D.C. He gets back in his limo and calls Frank Harmon to let him know that they're going to use these kids to embarrass the president and make an ass load of money. And as they're leaving, just like you said, Mrs. Winston on her walker. There are two motorcycle cops who are supposed to be escorting the senator's limo, but Mrs. Winston is yelling at them to get their bikes off the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you doing on the sidewalk? You're supposed to be in class. Get down from there. Principal Moss is at home that night. He has invited Steve to ask a special favor that's going to be just the secret between the two of them. Steve knows exactly what this means and gets down on his knees in front of Principal Moss. Apparently, Steve was a an altar boy at some point. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, hey, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. No Catholic priest has ever asked an altar boy to do anything like that. That's what I'm saying. It's like they, they wanted a PG-13, but shit like that's in the movie. Yeah. I mean, there's been some questionable shit in this movie so far, but that's the, I'm like, oh, come on, man. What do you just go full force? Go, go for an X rating yeah. shit, man. I mean, yeah. If you're going to do that, you should just pull out all the stops. Yeah. Nah, we, we want that money. We got to, you know, we got to market this soundtrack to kids and stuff. Yeah. But it turns out the, the favor that Moss wants is he wants Steve to be his inside man on this field trip. To make sure that nothing fucky happened. He's a narc. He's a narc. Cut to Travis Lindsay at home playing Star Trek. Oh my God. This guy ain't playing Star Trek. This is like another one of the reasons why I love this movie. Is because this guy is such an unhinged ball of chaos. Yes. Uh, But this guy has turned his entire basement into the uh, original deck of Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. Now his captain's chair is a a shop vac <laughs> and he's got a hand-drawn cutout of a uh, cardboard cutout of spock life-size all of them he's got Lut- the entire crew they're all in he- correct places too well except for uhura who is actually um an inflatable sex doll well yeah that was for that obvious was reasons present. for obvious reasons that was a christmas present yeah, yeah. The senior trip to D.C. is referred to as the Klingon crew. Apparently, he has received intelligence data that says that an alliance between the Klingons and the Romulans will occur on Earth. His mission is to infiltrate the Klingon crew and kidnap the Romulan leader. The Romulan leader, of course, is Senator Lerman. And this is an original series Star Trek that he envisions himself in. It's 1995, so, you know, we're nearing the end of the next generation and the beginning of Deep Space Nine, but he's going with original series. Also, um, 
like isn't this around the time that the like uh watergate or not was it watergate what's the one with the clintons oh the uh the uh what's his name what's her name Uh, monica Lewinsky. okay it was a monica Lewinsky thing and uh there was that one lady that that's her life she just wears her uh that's the next generation but she was on the uh she was on the jury list do you remember that no, no, I don't. Oh, man, okay, so there was a juror that was like hardcore Trekkie, right? And she's been in yeah. like Trekkie documentaries, both of them. And uh, so I think this whole thing with this crazy guy being a Star Trek thing has something to do with that, like kind of poking fun at that. But uh, there was a juror on the one of the Clinton uh, scandal trials, and uh, it, that her being a Trekkie in her fucking suit, uh, totally like you know blotted out uh, the fact that you know what was going on in the uh you know oh, okay. the national trial but uh yeah okay just, i think it's like yeah just making fun of uh loners and like oh and he's a trekkie because this just happened so i don't All know right. I, I love the character and the humor you know me being a trekkie i got a lot of the jokes oh yeah definitely for anybody keeping track on Facebook, I'm watching all of the Star Trek from episode one of the original series all the way through the current ones. I'm about halfway through Next Generation. Hell yeah. And yeah, I kind of love Star Trek. Oh, man. Let me know when you get to uh, Enterprise. I'll start rewatching them with you. Yeah, I, I've watched the first half of the first episode of Enterprise by mistake. So... i got a way to to go honestly i kind of stopped watching it as partway through the first season of discovery not discovery voyager voyager yeah yeah, yeah. the kate mulgrew star trek yeah uh, i like kate mulgrew i just didn't like i just did not like voyager for some reason but gonna rewatch it i'm gonna give it a fair shake i'm gonna watch the whole thing we'll see how it goes I'm going to tell you right now, she's way better as Janeway than she ever was as Mrs. Columbo. Okay. Uh, Kate Mulgrew, yeah. I'm still mad about that, Kate. How, how dare you? I mean, just, uh, all the way through Orange is the New Black, I was seeing Captain Janeway. Oh, yeah, no. Well, back to this movie. Damn Star Trek. I love Star Trek. I'm going to keep watching Star Trek forever. You nerds always come with this. <laughs> <laughs> So in addition to Senator Lerman being identified as the Romulan leader, the computer, which is Travis's slide projector, has identified Reggie as the Klingon leader. Not Dags, Reggie. Wait, it checks. Uh, For one, he cussed him out at the the crossing. So that's that's a point against him. Right. And uh, two... Uh, you remember back, like, you know, in the original series where they didn't have the forehead ridges? Right. And, you know, hey. Yeah, he's got the he's got the Klingon-like hair, I guess. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Next day, the bus is late to pick them up to go to D.C. This is where we introduce Red doing a handbrake turn in a school bus. Like a badass yeah. that he is. I have two friends that can do that. <laughs> Uh, they board the bus and head to D.C. with Moss and Mr. Mil- Miss Milford. Red tries to stop Mr. Moss from getting on board, saying that he's on the wrong bus. <laughs> because this is the magic bus, man. It's the magic bus, man. <laughs> Just in case there was any confusion that this was a Canadian film, he slips a sorry in there, too. Oh, yeah, no. 
Well, he's, you know, he's Canadian. He's got to represent. Yep. As the bus heads down the road, Travis is following in his shuttlecraft, a land barge Chevrolet Caprice convertible. (laughs) (laughs) And his passenger is the Uhura um, blow-up doll. Yeah. He's got like all these little buttons and dials over on his uh, thing. And yes. he, 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 yeah, the, the back, the roof of the car goes back and her seat goes up. Miss Milford is eating chocolate nonstop. Meg is talking to somebody on a huge cell phone. Herbert is reading a book called How We Die by Sherwin Newland, which is a case study of the clinical, biological, and emotional details of dying. It's like a handbook for hospice care. Yeah. In the back of the bus, Reggie clocks Travis following them. He tells Dags that he just saw the crossing guard in a car with Lieutenant Uhura, which is just stupid enough for Dags to dismiss. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) But that's exactly what he saw. Yeah, no, see, that's the the bane of the stoner is like, no one's going to take you. They're just going to, sure, dude. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, man, I swear there's an alien and uh, he's he's chasing us. He's on the side of the bus. Look, there he is right now. Sure, dude. <laughs> Red is singing Earache My Eye and trying to stay awake as he drives down the road. That reminds me of the first road trip I took to Florida. <laughs> I just happened to have that on a mix CD. It was great. Oh, geez. Yeah. Dags takes the opportunity to talk to Virus about Lisa. Virus um, says Lisa's a head case, and he knows because he had sex with her before. He says that he should go for Meg. Dags reminds Virus that Meg is gay, but that doesn't seem to, you know, Virus doesn't seem to care. That's when Miyoski pops up and says that he wants to have sex with a blonde Japanese girl from China. This is exactly where it goes, like where it doesn't age well. Yeah. He doesn't say it. I mean, what I just said is pretty crude, but he's not nearly as polite in his delivery. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, as the mid-90s, and they don't go completely, you know, but there's like this and a couple of the, a lot of the Asian stuff, the the Japanese jokes and uh, the Sulu stunt we'll, we'll, we'll get to. It didn't age well, but at the same time, they're quick and uh, fast movies, so you, you'll just kind of glaze over this part really quick. And, I mean, uh, this is kind of a kind of a callback to an old Stephen Wright joke where he said he was he was looking for a, a blonde Japanese girl who had a fetish for Jewish cowboys. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, but I don't know. Stephen Wright's got uh, grace, you know. Yes. That guy's uh, one of my favorite stand-up comedians. Uh, oh, yeah, he's awesome. Like him and Bill Hicks. It's like, I don't know, stand-up comedian comedy. Is and he's like, got the, he has the best response to a heckler I've ever heard in in all of the stand-up I've, I've experienced. Stephen Wright? Yeah, he was doing a special one time and somebody yelled something from the audience. And, he you know, he doesn't break his deadpan. He just goes, shh. I'll kill you. (laughs) (laughs) I believe him. Oh, yeah. Somebody's, yeah, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. That guy's not going to hurt you. If somebody says, I'm going to kill you, you're dead. 
Yeah. <laughs> you are taking the space in this crawl space, man. Red stops at a gas station, running over several signs in the process. They've got 10 minutes to take care of whatever they need. So Reg hatches a plan to get all the beer they need for the rest of the road trip. I love this scene. In the gas station, Principal Moss heads into the restroom. Somebody grabs a pair of vice grip pliers off the shelf and uses it to lock the door. Somebody knocks Stephen into a display, which causes the clerk, a an Indian man wearing a cowboy hat, to grab him and escort him out of the out of the gas station. So there's the distraction for the clerk, so they can steal all the beer. While the clerk is dis- is distracted, evicting Stephen, cut to the restroom. The toilet overflows, dumping blue toilet water all over the floor. And that's when Principal Moss discovers the door is locked. He tries to get his foot up on the handle to force it open and lands on his back in a pool of blue toilet water. <laughs> Outside. The back door of the gas station opens and somebody is tossing bottles of tequila out to Virus. He runs toward the bus. He's got like five bottles of tequila and he drops and shatters three of them on his way to the bus. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) On the bus, Miss Milford is oblivious to anything that's happening because she's describing each year of school in her life to Red. (laughs) In the restroom, it's one pratfall after another as Principal Moss tries to climb out the window and ends up falling into the toilet. And it's just just blue water everywhere. Yeah. Also, when uh, the teacher's talking to Red, he's just kind of oblivious and he's got his headphones on and he looks in the back of the Jeep or the back of the bus and he sees them totally like bringing in liquor and beer by like uh, yeah. boxes. And he's not going to sell them out either. He's just playing. Keep listening to her. Yeah. And he goes back to like, oh, that's nice. That's lovely. Yeah. Keep her distracted so they can load all the booze into the bus. Because I'm I'm sure he likes to drink too. Oh, yeah. Moss makes it out of the window as everybody gets back on the bus. They load the last of the beer and the booze into the back door as the alarm goes off and Red closes the door on Principal Moss, refusing to let him in until he says the magic word. What's the magic word, Jesse? It's rock and roll, man. (laughs) Red says, what's the magic word? And Principal Moss says, please. And Red stops the bus and opens the door and says, magic words rock and roll, man. (laughs) <laughs> i like the bit like the the he gave him the clock and he's like 15 minutes no more you know yeah marky and then like he gets it back as the things to and he's like no nope, i got a schedule keep can't sorry man <laughs> his rules and then he's like oh my god you know and he's like oh and then he's like he does the the line but yeah that whole nah man i gotta pay by the rules you know yep yeah, the one person you would expect to not be responsible and not stick to the schedule is the guy who sticks to the schedule. <laughs> a very soaked and blue Mr. Moss gets on the bus and takes his seat. Back on the road, Travis receives a call from Admiral Kirk. Now, his Star Trek communicator is a cigarette box, and it's kind of awesome. Yeah, no, it's really awesome. 
His new orders are to terminate the Klingon leader. Remember, the Klingon leader is Reggie. On the bus, Reggie sees Travis pull up close behind the bus and point a gun at him until the Uhura doll starts to blow away. Uh, and Travis drops the gun and tries to grab the doll. In the process, he loses control of the car, runs off the road, and crashes into a huge fireball. <laughs> it is cartoony as fuck. It's like Tom and Jerry. And shit. I love that. It's like you just wah, wah, and then as they're going over on that bridge over the overpass, he goes down that grass hill, and then, yeah, big cartoon fireball. Yep. It's great shit. In Washington, D.C., Senator Lerman and Frank Harmon are discussing their evil plan. They are going to embarrass the president so that nobody will support his education bill. Then Senator Lerman will introduce his own education bill that will put a bounty burger in every school, making Frank Harmon, the owner of Bounty Burger, incredibly rich. Uh-huh. So they're just going to put fast food restaurants in all the schools. In exchange for a very generous donation to Senator Lerman's upcoming presidential campaign. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's just that's I'm gonna leave that there. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> shitty. Yeah, let's meet the Wu family singing oh, over man. the river and through the woods. Again, uh, this is this the second thing. The first was like you know that thing on the bus, and this is I. You know what? I I um I'm, I'm gonna be guilty. It's kind this, of a but, Christmas song. Yeah. So it's kind of a callback to a Christmas story. Yeah. And the uh, Christmas chorus in the Japanese and the Chinese restaurant on Christmas Day. Yeah. Doesn't age well. No. The kid is cute, though. I love this kid. The kid is. Yeah, I like the kid. Well, they are stopped by a heavily singed Travis, who is standing in the middle of the street with his crossing guard stop sign. He gathers up his Uhura doll and asks for a ride. And apparently the Woos are also going to a Star Trek convention, so they give him a ride. Absolutely. No question. No, it's like he's like totally exploded like Wile E. Coyote, right? And he's got this kind of messed up sex doll. Totally looks unhinged. And he's like holding her by the head. And she's a little deflated. You know, she's all messed up. He's like, and he's acting like they're they're a couple. He's like, you mind giving us lovebirds a ride? And he's like smiling, holding her by the head. And the little kid is like, oh, you're going to the convention? Uh, yeah. Yeah, apparently, yeah, no. So, you know, tricky rules. They got to give him a ride. They got to, yeah. Meanwhile, on the bus, Moss is getting car sick. Miss Milford asks the kids to keep it down because Moss is ill, and that causes them to start chanting puke, 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 puke. puke. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's great. That's totally 90s. Back in the Woo's minivan, they have caught up with the bus. Travis tells Sulu to follow that bus, but Sulu says that his name is Mr. Wu, not Sulu. That causes Travis to pull his gun on Mr. Wu and call him a traitor to the Federation. Uh-huh. The kid, whose name is Wong Wu, thinks this is fantastic, and he's going to play along. He also likes Travis's gun, so he pulls out his own gun to cover Mom. Is that a Walter PPK? <laughs> yes it is great i'll cover mom and then this kid has has like a walter ppk 
Granted, yes. he doesn't have the scope, but he's got the silencer. Yep. So you know that kids killed somebody. <laughs> well, Red gives Moss a car sick pill. When oh. Moss comments that it's awfully big, he says, oh, it's kind of a bus sick pill. So he's still a little hesitant. So Red says, look, they're perfectly nat. They're all natural. And he eats a whole handful of them. So Moss yeah. takes the pill. I'm going to tell you right now. Never take anything from a guy that looks like that. Never. Never. Have you ever done it? No. I have. If, if, if someone gives you a car sick pill <laughs> and they look like that, just give it to me. I'll get rid of it for you. You don't need that in your life, man. <laughs> well, it's nighttime on the bus. Moss is passed out and Miss Milford cannot wake him up. She thinks he's dead. Red says, no, he's not dead. He's in a coma because of the car sick pill was a red. Yeah. A horse tranquilized. And she says, well, you ate a whole handful of them. He said, yeah, they don't do anything to me. That's how I got my name, Red. <laughs> and because Principal Moss is passed out, Reggie decides it is now time to party. And the kids in the back of the bus go wild. And you see Mr. Moss's head just thumping against the window as they head down the road. <laughs> oh, man. One of those kids is like just hanging out of the window, like monkey right. bar style. It's crazy. They go for it. <laughs> it goes from a school trip to a damn, uh, I don't know, a Viking party bus for the Minnesota Vikings or something. It just goes wild. Well, Reggie is watching Herbert prepare a syringe. He's heroin, huh? Herbert <laughs> gives him this fucked off look and says it's insulin dumbass yeah and reggie goes oh can i buy some off of you dumbass. apparently according uh, to reggie insulin must be a new drug that he hasn't heard of and tried yet yeah dags sneaks a peek over lisa's shoulder and sees that she is making a pros and cons list about him and he mentions that it looks like his good side is outweighing his bad side and she is mortified that he has seen this so he proposes a truce and asks her to party with them and she accepts a bottle of tequila and agrees to join the party stating that i can be fun grandma you can't don't yeah, lie. anybody who says i can be fun cannot i know she was cast because she looks like uh you know like a sally or yeah like what do you call a sally goody two-shoes or some shit right a, a plain Polly, you know she's yep. cute uh she's very she looks very conservative and stuff she's like you know totally never did a bad thing in her life but uh, she is so boring she's like the most boring member she, somehow the guy that's the narc is more interesting than she is yeah while all of this is happening, Carla has put makeup and earrings on Principal Moss uh, and and starts making out with the comatose principal. Who's my pretty little principal? <laughs> Which is weird when she says that, because that sounds almost like some shit that she would say in My Little Pony. Yeah. Vaguely, you know, sexual, so it's weird. Every time she talks, it's just, it's weird. All, yeah, all I see is like uh, Powerful Girls or My Little Pony. And <laughs> yeah, the movie a little bit. Bubbles is the school slut. I wouldn't have figured that. Yeah. <laughs> Virus oh, no. is singing 99 bottles of beer on the wall. He's down to 22 bottles. And, and 
sings nine twenty two bottles of beer on the wall and pukes, which causes Herbert to move to the other side of the bus. I don't blame him. Uh-huh. Lisa is drinking tequila through a straw and says that, you know, her and Dags could make it work as long as he lets her call all the shots and never says anything. And her parents can never, ever find out about him. That sounds like every relationship I've ever been in. Dags passes out and falls under the seat and she starts, are you listening to me? (laughs) (laughs) Huh? (laughs) And then my favorite part. Miyoski opens the back door of the bus and pees all over the Woo's windshield. Oh, yeah. And it's like somebody turned off fire hose on the windshield of this car. It's like if you ordered Bluto from Animal House on Wish. Yes. You know, it's like, that's <laughs> what, you know what they were going for. But yep. it's just, yeah, the time's gone. But hey, for a really shit, Facsimile, they did an all right job. But the best part there was, okay, you get the camera shot from behind Mioski, and it's obvious he's peeing out the back of the bus. Then you get a shot from inside the Woo's minivan as he starts peeing all over the windshield, and Travis yells, shields up! Yeah, no. (laughs) Shields up! (laughs) I'm telling you, all all the Star Trek shit sells in this movie yes it does red yells for reggie to give him a beer because he's got cotton mouth but when he looks back all the kids are passed out yeah then he chastises them for being like party poopers yeah he's got headphones on listening to earache my eye and since the kids are all passed out he decides it is time to party and pulls out a huge bong Uh, Next morning, Reggie wakes up to find cops following the bus. As soon as he sits up, they get on the loudspeaker and tell him to tell the driver of the bus to pull over. Yeah. But but Reggie's got a big bag of pot in his lap, so he immediately starts eating all of it. (laughs) Miss Milford wakes up just in time to see the bus leave the road and crash through the Welcome to Maryland road sign. Her little wake-up bit is funny as fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's because I've seen the movie or I know what's going on, but her just, like, stretching and, like, checking her breath and, like... Yeah, oh, and happy that it doesn't stink. Yeah, and then, bam, and then all you know is there's cops, uh, dudes eating the weed, Reggie's left <laughs> lost road because the cops, or you don't know what's going on. Yeah, well, the bus leaves the road, crashes through the sign, heads through some trees. The cop car follows. The Woo's minivan follows the cop car for some reason. I think it's Travis told him to follow that bus. And Mr. Woo is good at following rules, so he's going to do exactly what's expected of him. But yeah, all three of them right off through the, through the, uh, through the trees. Ms. Milford tries to get Red's attention to to stop the bus but it turns out that red red is dead red's dead man red's dead (laughs) well dags runs up to the front of the bus he says it's too late he's gonna try to jump the water but he hits the brakes (laughs) anyway (laughs) well no he grabs him by the throat and calls him an idiot and he's like okay whatever and then like (laughs) slams the brakes (laughs) 
It, it, oh, it goes back to Reggie, and Reggie just smiles and looks right in the camera. He's ready for it, boy. <laughs> well, they managed to stop just before they hit the water. The cop stops. Mr. Wu, he's not so lucky. He just keeps going, hits a ramp made out of sand, and lands in the pond. When they, when the Star Trek guy, when they go off road into the, the trees and stuff, Right. He starts going red alert and, you know, him and the little kids start, eh, 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 you know, <laughs> and then, uh, then he hits the ramp. Right. And then he, he, he leans forward while they're in the air and he goes, steady as she goes. And then they <laughs> then hit the water. That was awesome. It was. Well, Principal Moss finally wakes up as police with guns drawn converge on the bus. Next thing we see is medics trying to push a gurney with the corpse of Red through sand, and it's not going well. Rigor mortis has set in, and Red's arm is stuck straight up in the air holding his bong. Yeah, no, I'm glad you, yeah. It's fucking, that's <laughs> fucking funny as shit. <laughs> the whole time, what's his name, is running around with the high times with a story that has Red's picture in it. Uh that's actually in the movie. There's a there's a TV version that where they had to cut some of the drug stuff out. They added a couple other like small little, mostly the villains being stupid. But yeah, there's there's yeah. a one scene where they actually bring out a high times with his Red's legendary picture in it and shit. But he's yeah like going around like he's the drug king. He rolled red rolled long live red. <laughs> being a complete dumbass. Yep. Well, Principal Moss. Um is berating the kids but it's not carrying much weight because he's still got blue eyeshadow and bright red lipstick on and a couple of silver dangly earrings yeah and he's oblivious to it that's the best part that is the best part that's when a cop walks up behind him and says he needs some contact info in case they have any other questions and he gives <laughs> moss gives the cop his card and fairmount high school huh must be a wild place. Yeah. No, <laughs> and Moss no, looks uh, at him like, what the hell are you talking about? Like that whole part with a cop, he just like holds his uh, badge up. And then like when he turns around and looks at him, like he slowly closes the badge up. He's like, what did I just step into? <laughs> like, I'm not paid enough for this shit. Well, Moss orders the kids back on the bus. He is going to drive the rest of the way. And that's when he sees himself in the mirror with all the makeup on him. <laughs> Meanwhile, Travis and the inflatable Uhura surface unseen on the other side of the pond. Well, the bus finally arrives in D.C. and they pull up at the Bradgate Arms Hotel, which is a real hotel. Miyoski starts eating all of the candy out of the jar at the front desk. Yeah, those are like nasty puff mints. He just starts going <laughs> down on them. Which, hey, it's, it's kind of an improvement from like a whole box of chalk, you know. Right. And this is a half step up. Moss has reservations for them. He tells the front desk clerk that they are there to see the president and he'll get some stationery for her. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Miyoski just is shoveling handfuls of this candy into his mouth. Moss gets fed up with it, reaches in and grabs a handful and throws it behind him. And Miyoski goes diving after it. Yeah, he takes one look at the the counter girl has to kind of say excuse me and then just charges after it that, was, that bit was funny 
Well, while she's trying to find their reservation, the kids shatter an antique vase in the foyer and get them all thrown out of the Bradgate Arms Hotel. Yeah. So they go to a trashy little flop house called the Winchester Hotel, and they get a dungeon-themed room. Yeah, for a, a trashy, shitty place, man. This place really went all out on the trashy. I mean, it's kind of, they probably rent it by the hour. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. It's got two-way mirrors. It's got like a china cabinet full of sex toys. And yeah, it's uh, kind of awesome. Everything's got <laughs> restraints on it. I mean, everything's got restraints on it. Yep. And and it's it's weird because boys and girls, they stick all the students in one hotel room. Yeah. Well, the kids are in the dungeon room, and then the principal is in an adjourning room that's looks like jungle book or something like tarzan yeah, kind of yeah and the kids uh reggie discovers when he opens up uh, a door that the mirror in principal moss's bathroom is is a one-way mirror and they can see through and see everything uh, that moss is doing in there. ew at that time he's trimming his nose hairs still gross ew <laughs> Well, they are on a bus tour of D.C. landmarks, and they all get off the bus at Arlington Cemetery. <clears throat> They're going to take a photo at J. Edgar Hoover's Eternal Flame. Why can't we see Kennedy's flame? You don't deserve Kennedy's flame. <laughs> this, uh, this whole scene right here is pretty much the trailer for this movie. Like they they yeah, use I can one see that. full shots. They like they use like a, a scene from uh, the assembly, you know, at, at school. But most right. of the trailer was just this one scene sliced up. Yeah, I can see this. Miss Milford is explaining that J. Edgar Hoover was a great man and was head of the FBI. And Herbert contradicts her, saying that he was a fascist transvestite. Yeah, man, I, I say a lot of myself in that case. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real party pooper back in high school. Reggie, in addition to being a stoner, is also a firebug, so he's lit something on fire from the eternal flame. Yeah. As <laughs> Principal Moss is trying to line them all up to get a photo, Miyoski tells Virus to pull his finger. Now, as Reggie was walking away with a burst piece of burning paper, he spotted Travis coming towards him through the trees. Miyoski has his back turned to the eternal flame and wants Virus to pull his finger. So apparently Virus does, causing Miyoski to fart and make a huge fireball that sets Travis on fire and blows out Hoover's eternal flame. And we see a flaming Travis running off into the trees. And yeah, as, as he's on fire running off that's when they, they actually take the photo that's when that's when they shoot. take the photo yeah so you have a school picture with a guy just on fire which in the 90s would that have been fucking awesome <laughs> a light and fart in arlington cemetery that that's class right there <laughs> now we see a filthy crashed graffiti covered school bus heading back to a flop house hotel yeah. Senator Lerman finds out about the events of the cemetery, which he thinks is hilarious. So did I. Yeah, he's like happier than pig and shit. He's... <laughs> the students arrive to meet Senator Lerman. They are going to tell the committee 
that the education system sucks dick. Mm-hmm. And Senator Lerman makes some promise that they will say exactly that when they meet the president. Yeah. If you think it sucks dick, you tell the president it sucks dick. Yep, exactly. He's leaning into this hard. So Principal Moss herds them all out. Back in the hotel room, Moss is watching a porno called Forest Humps. <laughs> well, you know that's a real porno. Well, I, I mean, mean he may not have he may not have been watching the actual porno called Forest oh, yeah. Humps, but I'm sure there is one. Oh yeah. No, they did a really good job on that and uh the educational film. Yeah. Pregnancy. Like, totally something that was made in-house, but they did a really good job on it. Right. But there's a knock on, on the door. It's Miss Milford. Uh, now, Principal Moss changes the channel before he tells her to come in. He doesn't know it's her. He just knows somebody's knocking the door. He changes the channel, and it's Lassie. So uh, she comes in and says that all the students are accounted uh, for. And, oh, my goodness, you've got Lassie. I love Lassie. <laughs> And she asks if she can stay and watch Lassie with him because the only thing that shows on her TV is pornos. I fucking love her delivery of that line. <laughs> like, oh, this is Lassie come home. This is the second movie. I love this. And then she's like, you mind if I stay and watch it? I love Lassie. All I get in my yeah. room is pornos. And like, just matter of factly and shit. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he immediately like gives a sigh, like a defeated sigh. Like, yeah, sorry. Go on. Yeah, so, fine. I wanted to watch pornos. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, in the room next door, the kids are injecting tequila into chocolates. And they give the box of chocolates to Wanda and Meg to go deliver to Miss Milford, who they happen to know is in Principal Moss's room. And they go knock on the door and say, oh, here you are. We've been looking everywhere for you. (laughs) Good cover. They, uh. They wanted to give her a box of chocolates to show their appreciation. She said, how do you like, how did you know I like chocolates? And Wanda says, it's the only thing you ever eat. Yeah. <laughs> That's why she wakes up in the morning with her breath smelling like milk chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks the kids are really starting to respect her. So she's eating chocolates and she's drunk. Instantly. Instantly drunk. Like hammered, smashed, drunk. And she's looking in the mirror while the kids are on the other side watching her, feeling herself up and unbuttoning her shirt. Uh, She turns to Mr. Moss and wants to know if he thinks her breasts are too small. And he is, of course, immediately choked up. And he says that he thinks they are perfect. So she wants to know... He wants wants him to make really sure, so he grabs she grabs his hands and puts them on her chest, and then attacks him on the bed. Yeah, his performance is fucking hilarious. He can barely <laughs> so fucking like I say, this guy's like just a ball of nerves and stuff and anxiety. Yeah. But this really, like, I mean, damn, dude, this they should have got like an Oscar for this shit or something. He, He's. He's one of the few people that can do it better than Dick Van Dyke. Oh, man. Yeah, no. His delivery is just great. Well, the kids are planning to party, but Steve is going to place them all under citizen's arrest. Nark. Dags tells Miyoski to take care of Steve, and they all head out to a diplomatic party, it looks like. 
I think they went back to the original hotel and they crashed a party there. Yeah, uh, there's a throwaway line where one of uh, the nerds like, yeah, check the schedule when we're, you know, at the hotel and there's yeah. a, a party and it's like, yeah, well, let's go crash that. At the party, we see Miyoski in a suit drinking out of a fountain. Great. <laughs> he offers a handful of whatever's in the fountain to a Saudi, uh, a Saudi Arabian diplomat who gives him a disgusted look and walks away. Meg and Carla are flirting. Herbert is playing a clarinet and sitting in with the three with the uh, string quartet. Oh, he's fucking it all up for him too. You, yeah, you they're all giving him dirty look, but he doesn't yeah. care. He's doing his thing. Is it Carla? Which or, one? Which one's the the which one's the the hot sexy one? That's Carla. Where she's like talking to some guy, and she's like, "Have you seen those Kennedy boys? I heard they're a really good time." <laughs> Not gonna lie, Only if you can swim, that, yeah. I, I didn't get that when I was younger. <laughs> the older I got, that is a fucking brilliant, brilliant fucking line. <laughs> and that shit, like, really. Uh, I remember watching this the first time, like, a couple weeks back when you know this was on the list. And I was like, we didn't watch when I watched that shit. I was like, I had to go, wait, hold up, I had to go back a couple seconds. And yeah, even though I knew what she was gonna say, and I went back and watched it, I still spilled my beer, I still like kind of spit it out of my mouth. I love oh, that damn. Ralphie May bit about JFK Jr. when he crashed his plane. Said, you know, Daryl Hannah was thinking she dodged a bullet on that one. And that's fucked up, too, because that bitch was a mermaid. She could have saved his ass. Ralphie <laughs> 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 May. Yeah, I missed him. He was so fun. It was pretty good. He had some good, he had some good specials, man. Uh, I remember listening to him when we used to close, like, all the time. Yeah, all the time. And Wanda is doing a weird Adams Family tango all by herself. Yeah, she's like she's like strumming an air guitar like uh, fucking Peter Townsend <laughs> as she's walking around <laughs> and humming or singing in off key to whatever the fuck that the violinists are playing. Yeah. Well, a drunk Frank Harmon hits on Lisa. She is not into it, but he persists, so she knees him in the crotch. And bashes his head on the bar, knocking him out. Then she tells Dags to get the group together because she is throwing a party. And it looks like they crashed somebody's wedding reception. Nah, that, they stole that guy's uh, room and then invited pretty much everybody in the hotel. who There having to be like a wedding reception. That's there. right, because Frank <laughs> Harmon gave her his room key. Right, so like they pretty much like pulled everybody that looked cool. Come on up to room like uh, the the presidential suite or whatever room two or right. something. Come on up, we're having a big ass bash and like so everybody that was wanted to be anybody just came in there and trashed that place. Yeah. At the elevator, Miyoski runs into a blonde Japanese girl, possibly from China. Oh my god! But <laughs> to a culturally insensitive romantic interlude and. Very tragic sex scene. <laughs> well, to be fair, he had like a little fantasy thing when he first saw her get onto the elevator. So he, he already had like a right. final temptation of Christ where he got to live like his entire life in like just 15 seconds. And then, <laughs> then yeah, he does the most inappropriate thing one could do in that situation. Apparently she is laying on a mattress wearing just a bra and panties. He is dressed as a sumo wrestler, 
and dives on her, squashing her. That was, yeah, that was a fantasy thing. That was just a fantasy. And then the doors to the elevator close. She, he sees they're going up. So he heads for the door, the stairs, racing up there to see her. <laughs> Back at the party, Virus is playing piano with his balls. That, yeah, that was funny as shit. Uh, I thought he was doing it with his <laughs> And then I noticed like uh, a couple of those keys he plays, there's two keys getting hit. So I was like, okay, yep. now the, the boys are in there too. All right. Yep. Meg and Herbert have each found a young blonde woman to dance with. Nice. Wanda and Reggie are connecting over horror movies while watching Godzilla. What? Nah, it's um, Jason Goes to Hell. Well, they're oh, is that what they're watching? Yeah, that's what okay, makes it. Because I, I wondered why they why she mentioned that because she's asking, you know, if Jason has nightmare does if Jason dreams can Freddy attack him through his nightmares? Yeah. So that was really cool back then, because if you were a weirdo and you're in the horror, uh, right? Especially after uh, Jason goes to hell, because at the end Freddy comes up out of the dirt and drags his mask in hell, and then like ten years later they actually made the movie right. Freddy versus Jason. So that was yeah, no, that, that's something like I I've had that kind of, this exact conversation with some weird girl at a party. Dude, it was weird, <laughs> like almost exact same line for line. Uh, well, Reggie yeah. kind of leans forward and grabs an orange, and Wanda does the exact same thing, so they kind of scoot closer to each other. After this uh, Freddie and Jason conversation, Reggie wants to try an experiment, and she says okay. So he pushes her hair out of her face and tells her she looks really pretty. So she kisses him, and he says, yep, okay, and they start making out on the couch. <laughs> when they do that, though, they hit the the TV remote with their shoulder or something, knock it off and it changes the channel to a live news broadcast or something. And it says something about the flamer. Yes. The like news reporter of... is doing a story about cops who are looking for an unknown man calling who they're calling the flamer who caught on fire and ran off through the trees in Arlington cemetery. And of course, you get that cool picture of a Trekkie on fire running through the fucking Arlington Cemetery. <laughs> I can't even say it. It's funny as shit. Meanwhile, Carla asked Virus if he wants to screw, which causes him to immediately nut in his pants and run off. Meltdown. <laughs> Miyoski is still chasing the Asian girl. She's getting into another elevator, but the doors close before he gets there. So he forces the doors open and jumps down the elevator shaft, landing on top of the car and scaring the crap out of the girl. <laughs> he opens up the little access panel and sticks his head in and introduces himself and says he's there to rescue her. I love that shit. Oh, man, he's like, I'm Oski, I'm, I'm here to rescue. Um, so <laughs> what, what's your name? You know, he starts adjusting his hair. <laughs> what are you doing? You know, it like <sighs> Dags and Lisa have gone out on the balcony. She is not going to waste her life anymore, and she wants a favor. She does not want to go to college a virgin. And it takes a Dags nervous. a minute to realize what she's saying, and then he's he's all in, of course. Yeah, it gets a little nervous when she says favor, and he's like, oh. Oh, shit. And then, you know, she finally, like, spells it out for him. He's like, oh, 
Oh, snap. Yeah, no. Right on. Right on. Later on, Lisa wakes up in bed with in a huge bed with dags. She gets out of bed and she's looking in a mirror and says, Mission accomplished. <laughs> um, apparently that was it. Just just get laid. Then she finds Senator Lerman's folder with his plan to ruin the president's education bill. Back at the Winchester Hotel, a knock on the door wakes up Principal Moss and Miss Milford, who are spooning on the floor. They realize they slept together and panic. That's when Senator Lerman just walks in and catches them getting dressed. He's like, oh, okay, this is the kind of school that is. No wonder your students are all fucked up. Yeah, exactly. It is time to go meet the president. Well, Moss opens the door because the students aren't answering. He opens the door to their room and finds Steve in his boxers, chained up with a ball gag in his mouth. That's how Miyoski took care of him. Hey, one way or another, right? By hook or by crook. It, it worked. Yeah. Well, they head out to look for the kids. They are walking around D.C. looking for the kids. Lerman is riding along next to them, calling them dumbasses for losing the kids. He's in his limousine hanging out the window, berating them. He's a, D.C.'s a big city. You know, you're not going to fucking find them. And that's when they find them throwing things out of the hotel window. Yeah, they just happened to drive by that window. Or just the, happened yeah, to. The hotel that they were originally, you know, supposed to go to and all that. Yep. Cut to Moss, Milford, Miss Milford, and <sighs> Senator Lerman exiting the hotel elevator to find passed out diplomats and a goat in a trashed yeah. hotel suite. Nice. And they find the students who are not going anywhere with Senator Bunghole. Yeah. Yeah. Reggie is definitely Beavis. <laughs> I know, right? Welcome, <laughs> kid. We test two baby of two dumbass. Elisa explains Senator Lerman's evil plan, and she has the secret file. Uh, Moss stands up for the kids and Miss Milford, but Lerman, he doesn't need any of them, and he'll make sure Moss never works in any school again. And when Senator Lerman is heading to the elevator, the doors open. To reveal a grinning Miyoski wearing a blonde wig. <laughs> Crooked on his head, and he's just got, like, food, beer, and whatever debauchery wiped all over his face from last night. <laughs> and a big shit-eating grin. Oh, yeah. Nah. He looks like, you remember Pete from uh, all those goofy cartoons? Yes. That's what he reminds me of at that scene. It's just like Pete after a long night of drinking and debauchery. Yes. Well, Senator Lerman gets in the elevator and pulls Miyoski in with him. Moss is feeling sorry for himself when Carla enters to tell them the senator has Miyoski. They all run out on the balcony and they see him getting in the car and they're yelling at him not to go. But Miyoski doesn't know what they're saying. He's just grinning and waving. Yeah, he just kind of gives him a peace sign and a wave and is like, don't worry, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do the thing. You can count yeah. on me. And he gets in the limo with the senator, and they think everything is lost. Meg says they need a miracle, like with the time the school caught on fire right before finals. And that's when Dag says, hey, that was him and Reg that did that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they decide that if they can stop finals, then by God, they can stop a bunghole senator. <laughs> and they head for the elevator. Principal Moss, he's looking all dejected and... And and he's he's just looking beat, and he sat sits down on the steps. But Dags comes back and says they're waiting for him. 
that he is one of them now, and and he's just so happy to be included. He's gonna gonna cry. Yeah, it's kind of a touching thing, you know. Without cast becomes one of them crew. Yeah, but it's like, hey man, uh, we got we got to be on the Capitol like right now. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> we we don't have time for this. Let's go get it yeah, together, no. asshole. Save it for the other movies. <laughs> Senator Lerman. And Miyoski are getting out of the limo. Miyoski is wearing the limo driver's suit and killing a bottle of, of bourbon. Again, call back to uh, National Lampoon's Animal House. Yes. Everybody piling on the bus, meanwhile, and they speed off, revealing that uh, Travis is on top of the bus. And he's just sliding all over the place as the bus sque- screeches around corners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He does that one part where he's like trying to hold on, but at the same time trying to open up his communicator. Yes. To say that, you know, he's like, Captain's, oh shit. You know, like they jerk around the corner. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, that that Star Trek shit is just killing it. It's awesome. Well, the bus is two minutes away and Travis is still on top. The virus has found a shortcut and directs him to go through a tunnel. They're heading through the tunnel. And Travis sees this, and he's calling for Spock to beam him up, and it's not okay. happening. And then he gets knocked off the top of the bus. Reggie sees this, and he kind of relaxes and <laughs> huddles up in the back in the back seat of the bus next to Wanda. In the committee chambers, President Davis is holding a press conference and introduces the students as the future of America. And when he does this, a drunk. Fumbling or farting Miyoski is shoved stumbling into the room. What's weird is he looks like a senator now. He kind of does, yeah. He looks like Rob Ford. Uh, the gang have arrived at the at the committee building and they're they're running through the halls trying to find the right room. Inside the committee chambers, Miyoski is sitting at a table and he's gargling the drinking water that they provided for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always wanted someone to do that. I remember watching like uh like when uh Nintendo versus Sega versus America and shit like or the D Snyder trial. <laughs> like just someone to go, Oh this is just water, man. <laughs> well they ask what he sees as the problem facing America's schools today, and Miyoski thinks for a second and he re- leans real close to the microphone and he says, What? That's when Principal Moss and the kids burst in. Lerman tries to get them ruled out of order, and that's when several senators recognize them as the kids from the party last night. And, oh, yeah, oh, yeah we like these guys. <laughs> Those kids know how to party. That's how you Oh, yeah, them. they do. The chairman gives them one minute to speak, and Reggie tells Lisa to say something intelligent. Well, that's when she reveals Senator Lerman's scheme, which Lerman says is a lie. He has reports, on the other hand, that say they're all delinquents that are responsible for trashing a quickie mart and killing their bus driver. Reggie corrects him on that one. Red, they didn't kill Reg. Reg partied to death. Yeah. Red, Red rules. He's the drug king. And he looks at the thing. He's like, oh, wait, wrong crowd. Okay. And he like, slowly like, does this little shadow thing where he gets behind uh Dags again. Yeah. Whenever he does that, like he speaks out or he, he makes a loud proclamation that he just, oh, okay. And just yeah. slowly gets back behind Dag. Yep. 
He's he's the Garfunkel to Dags's Simon. He got the hair for it. Yeah. Well, Dags and the kids give a speech about how they need to make sure that future generations don't turn out like them. And they're right. Yeah, message. But it's, it's met with silence. And Ma says, come on, guys. They're not buying it. And as they turn to leave, since this is a 90s, 80s movie. Yeah. We One of the in. senators has to start a slow clap. If it was in the 80s, this would totally be a movie like Revenge of the Nerds. But since it's the yeah. 90s, it's like a made-for-TV movie or some shit. Yeah. Well, the president wants to see Lerman in his office that afternoon. <laughs> and Lerman starts to protest. Don't get out of my sight. You're on and double secret probation. Yes. I don't think any senator in America is afraid of being called to the principal or the president's office. <laughs> Maybe the principal's office. If Maybe the, the principal's guy, office. If Max Hedrum is a the principal, then yeah, they're shaking in the boots. But yes. yeah, nah. as Lerman leaves, Moss tells him to never underestimate Fairmount High, buddy. <laughs> and Lerman leaves through the jeering crowd. Then we get. The where they where they end all ended up still photo sequence. Yeah, which we we were robbed of like a great like final act. But let's go through these real quick. Yes, we were robbed. We were robbed. Steve Nisser became road manager of High on Life. Of course. Herbert Jones became a Hare Krishna and sings and dances at airports around the world. Oh, that's nice. Carla Morgan opened a chain of nude aerobics club. Oh, yes. Meg Smith became a traveling masseuse on the LPGA tour. Living her best life. <laughs> Lisa Perkins graduated magna cum laude from Princeton and is addicted to Prozac. Called it. Miss Milford is a Hooters waitress in Dayton, Ohio. Oh, let's wait. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Barry no, Virus Kemmer became a multimillionaire producer of porno CD-ROMs. I'm not surprised. Not at all. Miyoski did nothing. I could have swore he was a senator. Probably the best turnout. Wanda and Reggie managed the Bongzilla head shop in Venice, California. Aw. And Dags. Dags was appointed junior ambassador, ambassador to Italy until he was ejected from the country for accidentally setting the Vatican on fire. Eh. And Travis. <laughs> eh. And Travis went to work for the Postal Service. And that's their movie. Roll credit. Roll credits. Yeah, we did get we did get robbed of a final act. Okay, so the final act the in the in the movie, this is what I heard, was the they are supposed to all go back and get an award at graduation for, you know, stopping evil, you know, and stuff. And okay. then the Star Trek nerd's supposed to do one last final try to like off them at graduation. All right. And and get thwarted again in some kind of wily coyote. Like, but he was gonna, yeah, he was gonna shoot up the graduation and shit. So they were like, eh, you know, we're, yeah, we're already kind of pushing it. With, we're already <laughs> kind of pushing it with the drug scene uh, on the bus. I mean, that's this this side of an orgy, you know, from Caligula. Maybe <laughs> not do the school shooting. And so yeah, like that was cut out and. uh then the scene with them coming in with the senator and shit, like right. that was like on the impromptu right at the end of the movie. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, they could have given us another 10 minutes. I mean, geez. Yeah. 
I mean, it's like it's like Lord of the Rings. Like the story doesn't stop once they throw their, their ring in the fucking volcano. They got to get all the way right. home. Yeah, get home again. They get all they found out home got battered up while they were gone. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. I think that's a podcast. Hell yeah. Uh, five out of ten stars. Puddle crab movie. Highly recommended. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We had a lot of fun making it. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you hear us. You can follow CDF Pod on Facebook and Instagram or at CDF underscore pod on Twitter. You can also visit our website at CDFPod.com. And don't forget you can help us make donations to film schools all across the country by going to Patreon.com slash CDFPod. Join us next time as we explore another movie's so awesome it probably shouldn't have been made.